for my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings so we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. You, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. You don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. Welcome to episode 44 of Blue Harvest, a Star Wars podcast. I'm your host, Halls Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Witten. And returning for round two, our good buddy, your good buddy, Mr. Vader Nick. Hello. Welcome back. Glad to be here. I'm yeah. glad to be here at the same time as yeah, you. Yeah, the last time you were here, I wasn't here. Yeah, I know. I had to play substitute. That's not a substitution. We called in a, a strong uh, pitch hitter for Will. <laughs> yeah, like the sixth man. I'm good with that. Hit it out of the park. I don't know what this means, but I assume it's positive, so we'll roll with it. <laughs> so before we get to going uh, in this week's podcast, I'm going to do what I do every week, and I'm going to pass out our information. If you want to like us on Facebook, you can at facebook.com slash blueharvestpodcast. You can follow us on Twitter at blueharvestpod. If you want to email us, you can email us at blueharvestpodcast at gmail.com. And here's the thing. If you like us, if you listen to us, go ahead and write down a review. If you listen to us and you don't like us, how about you get us a review? I'd really like to do that uh, fan fiction that Hawes wrote, and we will be executing that if we hit 10 reviews on iTunes. And the reason we like those reviews on iTunes is because it helps other people find us that are looking for Star Wars podcasts or other star, other, po- other podcasts about Star Wars things star wars things Things. so now that that's out of the way we got an email this week but uh we'll get to that in just a second first i'd like to see how you guys have been doing this week how have you been nick well outside of the division i haven't done much of anything well surprise surprise i'm glad you brought it up because actually we're not even (laughs) recording this this is just an intervention we feel like you've got a little (laughs) bit of a division problem buddy (laughs) And we care about you, and we're just here to talk it out. No, I know what you mean, man. I, I've had a couple of days off of the division because of uh, work, and I'm fiending. I, I got to get back, dude. I've been playing. I've been playing with Nick a lot lately. Right, it's so great. I finally hit level thirty. I've got some really pimp guns, and I can't wait to swing it hard in the dark zone. I finally uh, get in the dark zone. I had a uh, excellent uh, birthday drop in the division. I was playing a little bit on Monday. 
and I got uh, the Caduceus gun. Oh, the really? rare uh, gold assault rifle, just as a random drop. That's incredible. And uh, I was pretty stoked. You should be pretty stoked. I, I think I'm sitting at four pieces of gold gear now. All three of my weapon slots and my knee pads. I think that's what I got going. Oh my goodness! You, I got you say random pads. drop, but you you mean uh, spamming that glitch you found, right? Yes, but it was. I mean, it's not. It was a <laughs> random drop in that, like he just randomly dropped a gold item for me when normally right randomly after you know the eighty ninth or hundred. Yeah, times did you it, know right? that may right. be a uh, generous estimate. It may have been something like my four hundredth time, because <laughs> oh once I found God. out how to do that and and got a good run of it going. I worked that little glitch for a couple of days. Milking the cow, milking the cow. I don't give a fuck. I'll admit it. I cheesed the shit out of that game for a couple of days, and then oh, I don't blame you. Late at night on my birthday, they patched that shit out. They did at three a.m. So, <clears throat> no more of that for me. I'll have to get my the rest of my gold gear in a legitimate manner. Um. So, are there any games you guys are looking forward to going forward, or is the division all you can see on your horizon? The division's all I've been thinking about lately. All I really care about at the moment. I want to give the uh, the Battlefront DLC uh, a shot because you know that um, that came out this week for yeah, early access. Yeah, but the the Greedo and the Neon Nub that just I don't I don't know if that's enough to get me to put down the division. Well, it's kind of weak sauce because they already had a Rodian and uh, a Solston. Yeah, yep. in the lineup already. Like that's. What, you give them a different shirt and a different gun? Yeah. Call it a day? Give them some abilities. I am curious to see what their hero abilities are, because, I mean, it can't be I mean, that is, anything spectacular. I'm curious about that. I wonder if they'll give a new ability, or if they'll mix and match from some of the other heroes' abilities. Yeah. yeah good point. I, I want to try it out. I'm, I almost kind of wonder if, uh, I mean, you know, I, I'm not itching to jump in right away and try it out, because I have the division to play. Um but also, I wonder if maybe when the next one comes out, the Cloud City DLC, which I think has to contain Lando as one of the heroes, if maybe I'll be a little more interested in picking it up and just try both DLC. You know what I'm saying? Sort of catch up then. We'll see. Lando and Chewbacca are really who you're missing. Yeah, why do we not have Chewbacca? You figure that's an easy one. Mm, I don't know. I kind of wonder if it was just a cost-cutting measure by the studio, you know. But I mean, and I see, I thought that too. But I mean, if that's the case, wouldn't they do that as like one of the DLCs further down the line? The first one should have been the big one to get everybody back into it. You wonder if maybe the first one is the the lesser of them because they could get that one out quickly and spend oh, a little yeah. more time working on like you know Chewie or um, Good point. the Cloud City maps and stuff. Well, it sucks as they included the the bowcaster with no Chewbacca. Yeah, I yep. kind of feel like that's a prelude to the fact that he might show up. Right. And I think there was this thing where they sort of, some people sort of got into the code of the game and saw that there was a character model for Chewie in the game. And um, they also have some, um, you know, some sound elements already in the game. You can hear Chewie while you're flying the Falcon. Yeah. Um, oh, I didn't know that. Is that only when you're in the cockpit view or something? Well, no, like you can hear like uh, it's only seems to be like right when you get in the Falcon. Sometimes you'll hear Han go, Chewie, what was that? And you'll hear Chewie. Mah! You know what I'm talking about? It's something real. Sh it's not a whole lot. It's just a little little snippet of him that you can right sort on. of hear. Right on. Um, 
but yeah, uh, I'm hoping that I'm a little more pleased with the next three DLCs since I've already put down the money for that season pass. I'm hoping they make it a little more worth it, worth our while going forward. Um, you know, they've added some cool free stuff, but it, to me, every time they add something for free, it seems like something that kind of should have been in the game to begin with, like the alternate costumes for the heroes. You know what I mean? Hoth, uh, Han and Luke, while it's cool that they finally added it kind of seems like it just should have been there from the beginning. Yeah. Now that you hit on it. Yeah. I, I actually appreciate those new outfits more than I do the Greedo and Nina being in the game. Right. Right. It just feels better feels more appropriate in what you were expecting. What's up, guys? Hall's here. Sorry to interrupt the podcast like this, but I've got a quick, important announcement to make. I know I teased it at the end of last week's episode, but uh, here it goes. Uh, this coming Thursday, March 31st, I will be part of a new podcast that's going to debut on the Making Star Wars Podcast Network. And uh, I will be on there with Johnny Grosso himself, who you've heard on Blue Harvest. But more than likely, you know from Making Star Wars is now this podcasting. And Mike Pappas from Ranker.com. Our podcast is going to be called Rogue One. That's W-O-N instead of O-N-E. So Rogue One. We'd really appreciate if our good Blue Harvest listeners would come along for the ride. And uh, we've already got our first episode in the can. And man, let me tell you, it's a whole lot of fun. So once again, look for us. Rogue One. A Star Wars podcast for winners on the Making Star Wars Network, March 31st. Thanks, guys. Now back to the show. Well, before we get into the news and stuff this week, why don't we let Will read our uh, email we got this week from our buddy Joe, who's a loyal listener and write, writer inner to the podcast. Once writer again, inner. thank you for writing in, Joe. Joe's email begins, Haws and Will, I hope you're both doing well. We are. Thank you. I was watching episode three weeks ago along with an audio commentary when something struck me. In the first couple minutes, Anakin and Obi-Wan are on course for General Grievous' ship to rescue Palpatine. At one point, there's a close-up of Anakin, and he says with a playful smirk, this is where the fun begins. I don't know why, but that specific viewing of that scene started to drive me crazy. I knew that line rang a bell, but I couldn't place it. It wasn't until days later when it dawned on me that Han said this phrase with the same smirk in episode four. They flew the Millennium Falcon off Tatooine as they are approached by two Star Destroyers. Han says this is where the fun begins. I was surprised that I never made the connection before. My question is this. Is there a scene or a phrase in one of the movies that is a callback to another one of the movies, but but you didn't catch on right away? It was such a subtle, almost throwaway line by Anakin that it doesn't register. Revenge of the Sith has been out for more than 10 years now, and I just caught this. Keep up the great work, Joe. Thanks again for writing in, Joe. Um, What do you think, Hawes? You got one that that struck you late? I'm going to be completely honest. I think that's Joe explaining that. Might have been the first time I've made that connection myself. I'll be honest, I it was, was just too. thinking that. So yep, I, mean, I didn't catch it either. So good on you, Joe. Like He gave me the most obscure one that I hadn't thought yeah, of. Yeah, like as far as the other ones go, like they're all pretty obvious. You know, They are. The most obvious, of course, is... And then my phone just died. It was like, it, le- it, it <laughs> stayed alive long enough to get it me hung through in Joe's there. email. Um. The most obvious, of course, is I've got a bad feeling about this. You I mean, know, that's everywhere. That's everywhere. And then, you know, there's other ones. 
and some of them are are references, kind of like uh, when in Attack of the Clones, when Obi Wan says to Anakin, uh, "Why do I get the feeling you're going to be the death of me?" And then you're yeah. like, "Oh, well, you." It's not a reused line, but it's basically foreshadowing. Yeah. So as far as a reused line that they sort of bring back that I couldn't really I'm trying to do think a of other ones other than I've got a bad feeling about you hear that one a lot. Yeah, now, I got nothing. Now this is going to be fun. Now this is where the fun begins. Yeah. Now one that uh, they had an opportunity to do that I'm glad they didn't, and I was wondering if they would, is they never had Admiral Akbar say it's a trap in episode okay, seven. Yes. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's too easy a target. It's, it's too easy of a target. Too easy. As much as I love that one and the memes that it generated afterwards, right. like people clung on to it's a trap online. So after that. You know, it was too easy of a target, I feel. Yeah, you can't touch that. Well, now that you've brought that up, uh, there's a callback in TFA where uh, Kylo's talking to Hux about the clone army, Mm -hmm. about Snoke should use a clone army. I mean... Yep, yep. He said perhaps... He says perhaps uh, Supreme Leader Snoke should uh, use a clone army. And Hux gets his panties in a wad, and he's like, don't you question my men. Yep. But as, as far as a specific line of dialogue that's repeated like i'm gonna be doing the full seven movie marathon here in a few weeks two or three weeks now when the blu-ray comes out so maybe i'll pick up something then we'll have to oh, yeah that it. and han and leia rehash the uh i love you i know on indoor yeah yeah that's true and it's flipped like you know she says right. or he but says, again i, I saw you. that coming in Milo. You know, yeah you yeah i mean yeah. you totally get the reference on that I have to say, Joe, good job, buddy. I've never put that together. Yeah, you brought me something I've never thought about before. Thanks for the email, buddy. I feel like you brought me a little knowledge that... A little golden nugget. Maybe one day if I'm competing in Star Wars Jeopardy, I can be like, boop, boop. What is... (laughs) This is when the fun begins. And then, you know, Alex Trebek will think I'm the fucking man. Um, So, uh, as far as Star Wars news this week... Not a ton. Unfortunately, we're sort of in that dead area. Um, Entertainment Weekly released today sort of a list and a description of the deleted scenes um, from the Blu-ray. And I think I sort of called it, when we heard about them originally, the most significant one seems to be Kylo on the Millennium Falcon after it crashes on Starkiller Base. Yeah. Um. And I think that one's probably the one I'm most excited to see. There's one where um, Finn encounters a villager on Jakku after he refuses to shoot all the villagers. He's already got the blood on his helmet and stuff. And um, he raises his rifle at the villager, but then decides not to kill her or him or her, whichever it is. And uh, he or she, I guess, is the correct way. Um, And uh, there's one with Han Solo... Uh, being cocky to some stormtroopers in the like the catacombs underneath Maz's castle and a few others. Like I said, nothing huge. I feel like they may be holding some back for when they do the big Force Awakens 3D Blu-ray release that they've already said is going to end up coming sort of towards the end of the year. So that you think they're holding on to footage for that? Probably just so they can say, you know, not only are you getting the 3D version of the movie, you're also getting these scenes that extra we didn't deleted put in scenes. the Blu-ray. Yeah. Well, we we know that there was the uh, 
the Chewbacca Uncar Plett scene inside of Maz's castle that wasn't part of that Entertainment Weekly article today, too. Yeah, there was actually, there's a lot that we know about, especially from like making Star Wars and from the book. Um, now, the book's a little harder to tell if they actually filmed them. You know what I mean? Like, did they actually yeah. film some of those things or were they just in earlier versions of the script that he worked with to make the book? Um, but yeah, uh, there's a scene where Unkar Plutt comes into Maz's bar chasing the Falcon and he tries to get all up and raise business and Chewie rips his arm out of his socket. Wookiees are known to do that. Would have loved to see it. I know, man. That's one that I hear that I'm bummed about. There's also, uh, Will and I were talking about it before we recorded. There's that one where Maz actually uses force powers to like cause a cave-in on some, some stormtroopers. Um, we've heard about that. And then there was some more flashback stuff. Like They actually filmed um, Luke and Vader fighting in Empire Strikes Back from sort of a different angle and vantage point. Um the flashback stuff is stuff I feel like we'll probably never see. If we do it, maybe after the trilogy's over. I feel like you know it, what I'm saying. I would love to see it. I feel like it explains too much, mm-hmm. and and I think that's magical. Part of what's really great about Star Wars now is part of what's not said or not known. It's where your imagination goes, so that when you see that next movie, it's incredible. It's the reveal that it's that same oh my god gasp that you got when. He found out that Darth Vader was Luke's father. The question for me is, is if you go through the trouble of building a Darth Vader suit and hiring a dude to be in it, hiring a dude to play Luke Skywalker, a younger version, you probably didn't see much of him. It was probably from far away so they could get away with it not being Mark Hamill. But, man, that's got to be a hard scene to cut if you went through all that work. Granted, how who knows how long the actual shot of that would have been a second or two and then it flipped to the next part yeah. of the flashback all it takes is jj Br- J. J. abrams watching it and being like mm, i don't like it yeah i don't like it yeah but that's some of the bigger ones that i can think of that didn't end up making the cut or the list of um deleted scenes um, the one that i'm most curious to see is the the finn ray snow speeder chase on star killer oh yeah that's right in my head, I can't even place how that works with the way we saw the movie because I can't see how it fits in with the way they cut the film. Right. Because, I mean, they, Ray's already there, Finn's there. When do they have to have a snowspeeder chase is what I want to know. So what I think happens is, you know, when they go up on the bunker and, and Han sees, like, the X-Wings getting shot down and he's like, they're getting murdered out there. We got to help them. And him and Chewie go in to set the charges. I think Ray and Finn get on a snowtrooper to go to a different building. You know, she goes into that one building and pulls out the fuses and stuff to open the doors for them. And when oh, that's right. In that scene, when the door opens up and they go in there to pull out the fuses, there's a snowspeeder parked out in the snow behind them. It's the only time I you see. I never noticed that. Yeah, it's the only time you see that snowspeeder in the whole movie. And, like, she's wearing Finn's jacket and stuff. <clears throat> so, um. You know, I think that's probably somewhere where that works in. It was probably just sort of extraneous. Like, you know, it, it, of all the, I think it'll be cool because I'll actually like to see the snowspeeder in action. But I think it was probably largely unneeded as far as getting the point across, you know? Yeah. But, you know, either way, 
I think I'm going to tear into that those uh, extra materials on the Blu-ray. I'm excited about those. Did, I, something in that article uh, made me question: uh, is is every it said something like every Blu-ray combo DVD pack was going to have the the bonus material or something? It made me question whether or not how legitimate the exclusive to Target is. Um, that's a good question. Maybe they mean just the regular bonus material. Like the stuff that um, is not in the 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 Target exclusive, so like the deleted scenes and the commentaries and all that stuff, the documentary. Um, but I don't know. It does sort of bum me out that the Target exclusive stuff is digital only, because um, that twenty extra minutes of behind the scenes stuff was a a big draw for me, and I'm still gonna get it. I just wish it was on disc, you know. Um, but we'll see. Uh, so the other sort of big news that came out, it came out towards the end of last week, um, from C2E2, there were a couple of book and comic book announcements related to Rogue One. They announced a four issue miniseries for, uh, Rogue One, uh, a comic series that's going to start in October, which sounds like it's going to be awesome. And they also announced a book. Do you know the name of that book? By any chance, Nick? The Rogue One book? Yeah. No. Uh, Catalyst. Rogue One, or Catalyst, a Rogue One story, I believe is what they're calling it. So, then you know, they're going to be some, some related content coming That's out. That's a cool name for what's going on. Yeah. I have a feeling it's probably going to end up coming out around Force Friday, kind of like Aftermath and Lost Stars. And Do you um, think that's when we'll get a trailer for Rogue One? Oh, we got it. Because uh, Force Friday this year is towards the beginning of October instead of the beginning of September. We'll you have know, a trailer you said before Force then. Friday. I meant May the 4th. I, in my mind, I don't know why I, I meant, I mixed the two up. I honestly think maybe we could have a Rogue I One trailer that would by be a May great the 4th. time to release. What about, on, uh, what about on April 5th? I don't know. The The one reason I, I'm kind of hesitant to say that it could be April 5th is only because I think we would have started hearing rumors about it now, you know? And the only thing I've heard is that there's a couple different versions of the trailer sort of floating around the Lucasfilm office and that they're trying to decide which one sort of gets gets the tone across correctly. You know what I mean? The tone of the movie. Right, um, but how great would it be to get the DVD home? Or the Blu-ray home, April 5th, fire that thing up, and bang, Rogue One trailer before the movie starts. That would be cool. Okay, now that would be cool, I can say. But I'm pretty sure trailers are designed to generate movie sales, right? Well, I mean, if that was the case, I'm sure they would put it online, you know, the same day. And it would just be, you know, a little extra that you got on right, the that's, disc. Yes, that's what I'm getting at. The only problem I have with that is the fact that... The Blu-ray is, like, it got leaked online this week. Um, like, because it's in warehouses and stuff already, so people yep. are leaking it. And you would think if that was on that Blu-ray, it would be out there. That's yep. true. You know? Good point. Good point. <clears throat> so the reason I think May the 4th might be a good idea is I kind of get the feeling that they're wanting to end the Force Awakens promotional cycle before they start promoting Rogue One. And I have a feeling that the Blu-ray is the end of that promotional cycle. And the Blu-ray comes out on the 5th, and that gives it about a month where they can promote, hey, The Force Awakens is out in stores. 
And then a month later, when May the 4th hits, boom, maybe we get a Rogue One trailer. Um, but that's just me being sort of hopeful. I'm hoping that's what happens, too. I'd really like to see that Rogue One trailer. Yeah, it's going to it's gonna be uh, relieving for me to see it because I've got a lot of questions about that one. Oh, man. I'm just so excited to see a Star Wars movie that's outside of the saga. Yeah. And I know that sounds weird, but I'm, I can't wait for the next saga movie, believe me. But the fact that the brand has grown this much mm-hmm. to have another major motion picture that is Star Wars that has nothing to do with the Skywalkers... I mean, yeah. very little. You know what I mean. It's 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 a story on its own, but I mean that's incredible. Yeah, I'm I'm excited about it. I just uh, you know it's going to be a test for me just because how of how much I love the saga films and Jedi and lightsabers and things like that. I've talked about it before, but I, I'm fully expecting to think it looks cool. I also want to get a look at what a movie set during the relatively close to the original trilogy looks like. Yeah, you know. Because we got the prequels, which are set before, so they should look different. We've gotten The Force Awakens, which is set 30 years after, so it should look different. How it should close, look like A New Hope, pretty much. Yeah, how close are right. they going to try and make it look like A New Hope is my question. I can imagine there would be a lot that looks that way. I, stylistically, I bet you. Oh, Most yeah. Imperial bases kind of look like the Death Star interior, mm. probably. Yeah. The Alliance stuff will probably look like the inside of the uh, Blockade Runner. Yeah, and I also wonder, um, are, are, I'm also excited to see original Stormtroopers and shit again. Yeah. I think that'll be cool. Absolutely. Yeah, shockingly, that's one of the things I'm actually looking the most forward to is seeing the original Stormtrooper on screen. As much as I love the new design and was pumped for it, I think it is going to be neat to see the original look on screen. But what what do you guys think the chances are of it being rated R? Slim to none. I think, um, you know, I think there was probably at times when the script originally sort of aired that way. I'm not saying it's impossible for us to ever get an R-rated Star Wars movie, but I still think, as far as theatrical leases go, the hardest they're going to push is a, th- a PG-13. I, I think it'll be a hard PG-13. Yeah. If it's going to be a war movie, it'll be, you know, it'll push it as far as PG-13 can, I think. Yeah. The the cool thing about what you just said, having an R-rated Star Wars movie, how awesome would it be to have a Sith story, you know, like a uh, a Darth Bane or some like some sort of origin story, Knights of the Old Republic, that's like rated R? I mean, it would be cool. I still think they're going to take the Marvel method of your theatrical releases are meant to get the biggest audience of the the largest range from kids to adults. But you Marvel, it, as an extension of Disney, has already dipped its toe in that pond with Deadpool. No, they didn't. They have nothing to do with that. That's Fox. That's Fox. That's Fox. They already said, after Deadpool came out, people were all on Marvel like, hey, Deadpool did really well. It was rated R. Are you guys going to do an R-rated Marvel movie? And they were like, there's no plans for that. Yeah. The closest they get is Daredevil and Jessica Jones. Which is understandable. I mean, I know those markets are for kids. So I think I think we will see, quote-unquote, R-rated Star Wars. But like I've said before, I think it'll be Netflix original. Something in that vein. You know, where uh, it's not as big of a risk. Not as big of a financial investment. But you can make a lot of return. Oh, yeah. From your specialized audience that you've created. Oh, yeah, for that sure. That makes a lot right. of sense. 
<clears throat> that's the one thing they kept throwing around was the Saving Private Ryan reference to this film. And I know that's not coming from anybody, you know, high up in corporate or anything like that. But I mean, a lot of the fandoms floating around, this is going to be the Saving Private Ryan Star Wars film. And I mean, I keep thinking Saving Private Ryan, you think of, you know, limbs flying everywhere and yeah. stuff like that. And in the back of my mind, I got this Darth Vader chopping limbs off going through a mob of rebels and... Uh, well, I don't see how that couldn't be R. Well, to see, the thing is, the, the cool thing about lightsaber combat, it, which could keep it from going R, is it's a, it's fairly bloodless. You know what I mean? Lightsaber. Ponda Baba. Yeah, it, right? It, for some He's reason. He's got some weird anti clotting agent. <laughs> right. Anti cartilaginous. I, I, it's it's, yeah, it's yes. cryogenic. <laughs> I like to think that, you know, when his arm hit the floor of the cantina, it sort of busted the end open. That's some juices. Yeah, just, just you know. a little oh, juice. I like, I like the way you look at that. I like that. Um, I was talking to Jordan on the way home, uh, his visitation this past weekend, and we were talking about the difference in the Han shot first, you know, because, I mean, that's pretty much the only version he knows. And, he, and I was telling him, you know, that a lot of people have a hard time with Greedo being at point-blank range shooting and missing Han and Jordan goes well I always just took it as you know uh, Han kind of nudged the table or something and it caused Greedo to to misfire misfire you know hey, I, right like, on. I, I never even looked at it like that <clears throat> that's that that's that Jordan Wren smarts right there yeah what's up buddy if you're listening how, how's it doing how's it going your your homework better be done and you better be in bed soon yeah <laughs> you better listen to your pops or else Halls and Will are going to back him up and be like, you do that damn homework. So you could come play some video games with yeah, us. Yeah, so, so you could come play some Division <laughs> with us. Um, But yeah, I think that's, I mean, I'm trying to think. Oh, okay, I, I do have one more sort of Rogue One thing. And then, Nick, you said you had some notes on Rogue One and some Episode yeah, we 8 a, we stuff. Yeah, we've hit a few of them, but yeah. Um, Making Star Wars published a, a rumor this week. Um, and they've got it from some good sources, what they say are, you know, sources that don't feed them bullshit, like reliable sources. And, you know, Rogue One has had a lot of writers. I think at this point it's probably had like five different writers on it. Um, and who knows in what degree, you know, each of those were they just brought on to polish or work on the dialogue. Who knows? Mm -hmm. But at different times, these were the cameos being discussed for Rogue One. Okay. And we'll sort of discuss them one by one, see what you guys think. There was a discussion of having a Han Solo cameo in Rogue One, where he just sort of, uh, as they put it on Making Star Wars, played the Boshek, where he was just in a cantina and he sort of pointed the rebels in the direction of the people they were looking for, like who could help them on their mission. Would that be digital? Um, more than likely, and uh, this is why I could see this one being sort of possible. It would be uh, whoever the new Han Solo is going to be, the young Han Solo. I see. You see what I'm saying? Um, I don't know that that will happen just because I, they. I don't. For as far as I know, they haven't cast that guy yet. And um, you know, who knows if for sure he's been cast yet, and they would have to have him in line granted that's something they could probably shoot real quick on a sound stage with some green screen and just cut him into the movie so yeah who knows it'll be so really you're leaning more towards the new one or or the cgi han 
if they were to do it. I think it would be the new one. Because the reason I see that being kind of the way they would go is because that reeks of a Marvel movie to me. Well, Disney already so, tried it with Tron, right? Tron yeah. 2.0, they tried to make young Jeff, Jeff Bridges. 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 Yeah, and right. it worked in various degrees of kind of to not so much. There are moments where it worked really well, and there are moments in the movie where it worked uh, not so well. Right. So uh, I don't think they would do digital, especially if they've got this guy they're planning on taking over the role of Han Solo. That would make sense. And it would be sort of a way for them to be like, look, here's a little glimpse of the guy that's going to be in Han, Han Solo in our next spinoff movie that's he'll coming out in look, two years. He'll have to look the oldest he's ever looked. Yeah, they'll have to age him up some. Because the Han think, Solo movie. Do you, think, do you think the casting of Han dragging on as long as it has prevented that from happening? It could have. That's what I was saying, like... You know, if they're wanting to do that, they got to cast him soon and get it shot, I think, because I think Rogue One, as far as the shooting goes, is fair, is pretty much in the can. You know, maybe they're working on. I, I If I had to guess now, nine months before the movie comes out, I would think they're already on like the visual effects and, and editing which, and stuff which like that. Which blows my mind is one of the bullet points I had wrote down here is how do we have more on set, behind the scenes information on episode eight than we do Rogue One? That's a good question. As of right now, we've heard, I think, I, I feel like we've seen more stuff from Episode Eight than we have Rogue One. And it's not like we've seen a ton from Episode right, 8. Right, but we've definitely seen more. Yeah, yeah. And especially, Ryan Johnson has tweeted out some things, and we know the, the code name. You know how, like, uh, Return of the Jedi was Blue Harvest? Uh, episode Eight is Space Bear. Space Bear. That's its code I have name. seen that floating around. Um which I think is kind of neat. I think it's kind of funny. Um, so, yeah, I, I'll just be interested to see when we'll finally get a look at this damn movie. It's at the. I can't see it being this late, but I would think at the very latest we would get a trailer around the time of Celebration Europe, which is... I mean, that's the thing. We got, we got Episode 7 trailer, what, a full year in advance? Yeah, we got that first trailer, Black Friday, so over a year, really like a year and a month before the movie actually came out. And then we got another one in April for Celebration. And then we got the last, the final trailer. It was in like October, right? It was on Monday Night Football. Yeah. When so, they were releasing uh, tickets and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So. If Episode 8 is codenamed Space Bear, I wonder if that's some sort of hint at Chewbacca's... Um, central role in maybe that movie you know what i didn't even think about space bear referring to chewbacca hmm. that's just a crazy connection probably highly unlikely if he has as big as an effect as he did in seven i'm all for it because chewy was great in episode seven yeah he was it's my favorite chewbacca oh of by any far of the movies and i love chewbacca so that's a yep. big deal um so the next set of cameos was that they were hearing that all of the bounty hunters from um, Empire Strikes Back are make cameos. Forlom, Zuckus, Bosk, IG-88, Boba Fett. Boba Fett. And Boba may Fett. maybe even in his live-action debut, Cad Bane. Cad Bane. Oh, that'd be awesome. Right? I love I would, Cad Bane. I would love to see a live-action version of Cad Bane. He's the Doros awesome. with the cool hat, right? Yes, in the, yep. in the trench the coat and shit. Cowboy Duros, yeah. Um, 
Speaking now, of, that he one... He was a cool villain. For obvious reasons, that's my favorite of them all, you know? It's the one... And so, what it looks like in this movie is that the Rebels end up hiring some bounty hunters to help them on the mission to steal the Death Star plans. And as far as we know, none of those bounty hunters are part of the crew, so they probably turn down the rebels or refer them to different bounty hunters that would be more into that or something, you know? So I, th- I love that idea, but that's cause I got a Boba boner. Boba, <laughs> Boba boner. Oh my God. If Stan Lee, I'm never going to get that on my head. <laughs> if Stan Lee named me in a comic book series, I'd be Boba boner Burkhart. Cause oh you know, he, God. he loves alliteration. J Jonah Jameson, Peter Parker. Um, oh my. uh, Boba boner. Thought Burkhart. about this. Uh, yeah, you thought about this. You know. Uh, Scott Summers, Reed Richards, uh, Bruce Banner. I really like Boba Fett. So, yeah, I think about my Boba Boner quite a bit. Boba Fett. Um, so is that the 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 end of the list of... <clears throat> no, there's a few more. There was uh, Jabba the Hutt. They were considering that Jabba the Hutt was perhaps maybe the one that brokered the information to the rebels. As an intergalactic gangster. You know. That one could be kind of cool. I almost would rather them save Jabba the Hutt for the Han Solo spinoff. Not saying that that doesn't mean if he's in Rogue One, they can't use him. I wonder what he'll look like. And yeah, exactly. It, because he was significantly smaller in Episode 1 mm-hmm. and uh, and significantly smaller than he was in Jedi in Episode 4. Yeah, yeah. The good thing is his CGI has gotten a lot better since his appearance in A New Hope. Right? And The Phantom Menace. You know, you're talking the the CG and Phantom Menace is probably the one out of the prequels that holds up the the least, and that's only because it's the oldest. It's you most know, dated. That was ninety eight, ninety nine when they were doing that. So, you know, we're talking what seventeen years ago DC's by now. Is old, digital. Um, with all the with all the Attack of Clones talk here lately, though, now that you say it, I don't. I remember a lot more CG in Attack of the Clones than Phantom Menace. Well, you know what? Uh, what's interesting to me is if you really look at it, there are some ways that the Phantom Menace and the Force Awakens are a lot alike. And what I mean by that is, for the Phantom Menace, they filmed in a lot of real locations. You know, Naboo was in Italy. They went to Tunisia for um, the fuck am I thinking? Tatooine. Um, you know, they went to some real locations. By the time Attack of the Clones came on, that's when a lot of the environments are purely CG. You know, they did go back to uh, to Tunisia for the Tatooine stuff. But, you know, and then, you know, same thing with Revenge of the Sith. A lot of those environments and places, it's 100% green screen. Not a whole lot of on-location shooting. They do where they go, they will, or they did do what they call plate shooting, which is where they go and film a location for like backdrop, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like a good example of that is Star Killer Base. A lot of the scenery and stuff on Star Killer Base was shot on ice in Iceland, uh, but they didn't take the cast to shoot in Iceland. Most of the Star Killer Base was on sound stages and stuff. Right. The the lightsaber battle primarily was done on sound stage, wasn't it? Yeah. Have you seen that behind the scenes picture that came out of them filming that and like? I saw the one still. That's all I've seen. It's so badass. That set, like, I can only imagine being on that set and seeing what a a snow-covered forest recreated in this huge soundstage. That's crazy. Um, Yeah, it looked really cool. They obviously spent a lot of time and money getting the the fake sets 
to look like the real locations. For instance, like, you know, the Jakku village stuff at the beginning? Yeah. That was all shot on a soundstage. All the daylight stuff in Jakku, pretty much everything else was shot in Abu Dhabi. And you can't tell the difference. I can't. No. Like, I can't. That village stuff at the beginning looks like it was shot in Abu Dhabi. So they did a really good job of matching sets and stuff. Right. Um, And then the last one, which I think Nick will be interested in, but is the one that to me makes the least sense as far as the context of the movie, was a cameo from Yoda on Dagobah. Hmm. How does that even work? That's it. I don't see how that works. I I wonder if at some point um, they were just like, hey, people love Yoda. Why don't we try to throw Yoda in? Uh Maybe Uh before he went to Dagobah, maybe? Well, no, because he goes to Dagobah at the end of Revenge of the Sith, you know, and this takes place. I assume I he assume, stayed there in his seclusion until yeah. Luke came, and that's kind of why he was quirky. Um, and uh, this takes place like I, if I'm, if I'm right, and in, in how I feel, and a lot of people th- feel, I have a feeling Rogue One might lead it right into Episode Four because I assume they're successful in stealing the plans, and Leia has the plans at the beginning of Episode Four. The thing about it, I'm going to say, is why? What reason would they have? To go to Dagobah. Right. And what reason would Yoda have to leave Dagobah? None, right? Also, there was, what, two other people that knew he went to Dagobah? Bale and Obi-Wan? Right. And does Bale even know that he went to Dagobah? Like, we know Obi-Wan tells him, I'll take the boy. Yeah, he tells uh, Bale, I'll take the boy to his family on Tatooine. And Yoda just sort of says, I'm going to go into seclusion. Now, did they drop him off? They don't really say, do they? No. So that's a good question. Like, maybe Bale did drop him off on Dagobah, so he knows he's there. And he's just keeping the secret. Maybe he took one of those one-way ships, like, up from Kashyyyk. You know, like that. Oh, like that pod thing that he left Kashyyyk on? Like that little fucking uh, Fabergé egg that he took off in? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's a good question. That's a one-way ticket. Yeah, you guys know how much I love Yoda, and I'm even sitting here thinking that just seems forced. Yeah, it does. That's what my feelings on it is. It's the one, like, the other three make sense in context of the story. Let's get young Han Solo to take them to meet Yoda on Dagobah. Like, no, you can't do that (laughs) kind of shit. We can't do that. Well, I've I've got three more for you, Haas, that I had wrote down. Uh, What about Leia? Uh, I think that could be possible I, I they would have to do it right because once again you know you're dealing with a leia that we know very well from a, a, a new hope and if it leads right into a new hope that's where i could almost see them doing some digital sh- shenanigans and trying to recreate young carrie fisher dude for just you, a if shot you, if you know you recast a young princess leia and it's good you could do a whole set of young princess leia movies like. oh yeah no doubt and i i think it's a possibility we've seen young princess leia on rebels she was on right. Rebels fairly recently, so absolutely. Um, that if you see Leia, that means are we going to see old Jimmy Smits come back as Bale? Well, that, that was my next one. That oh, was really? my next cool. one was Bale. Yep, Bale. I mean, <laughs> I think Bale, especially if they were talking about going to Dagobah. How else do you connect that? Mm-hmm. I feel like that's uh, underused, Bale Organa. Yeah, like I think. Honestly, I think this one may be a good. Uh, this movie may be a good chance for us to see a little bit of what it's like on Alderaan. 
The only before it's gone. Right. The only scene we've ever gotten on Alderaan is that very short little scene at the end of Revenge of the Sith when And it was beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I mean it looks Yeah, I'd like to see it again. <clears throat> so it's a peaceful planet. They I would like no to weapons. see uh Bale show up just for continuity purposes. You know, especially if he's involved as involved in the rebellion as he's supposed to be at this time. You know, uh, he doesn't have to be a major player in the movie, but I'd like for him to appear. And if you think about it, Jimmy Smith has has aged since Revenge of the Sith. Appropriately enough. Appropriately enough for him to play Bell at that age. That one makes a lot of sense to me. How much further along in the timeline is it from Revenge of the Sith, Rogue One? Um, Well, if if it leaves... If A New Hope is 20 years exactly... Yeah, I think it's somewhere in between 18 and 20. We'll Sometime, say 20. Okay, right on. Yeah, he'd be perfect for it then. Yeah, yeah, perfect. I think. Let's, um, uh, I mean, I'm assuming Rogue One takes place a year or two. I mean, you've got, the, you know, or could lead right into A New Hope. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Sometime close to A New Hope as far as the Star Wars timeline goes. So, yeah, I mean, it, it could be, be interesting. Like Ocean's Eleven, Star and they, Wars. I know, I know they talked about it... Uh, a while back, and I haven't heard much since because there was all the outrage of uh, the way they reproduced him in Revenge of the Sith, but what about Tarkin? That would make sense, especially if we end up seeing Vader. You know what I mean? Right. Um, once again, it's a sticky situation with... Uh, leave leave Tarkin where he's at, man. Uh, you know, the, the guy that does Tarkin's voice on Rebels, excellent. He does such a good... Well, he was also in the Clone Wars, but... Did it's such a good version of Tarkin. Maybe Tarkin isn't involved in what's going on in Rogue One because he's off supervising the construction of the Death Star. Maybe that's why we see Vader is because they send Vader instead of Tarkin to deal with what's going on, you know? So uh, I, I wouldn't be opposed to seeing Tarkin. It would just depend on how they do it. Um, well, looking at Will's reaction to <coughs> Tarkin, saying Tarkin, I mean, is that... Are you on the on the side of the Tarkin and Revenge of the Sith was just was just bad? I don't like that. I didn't like that. I didn't think that it was no. good. I like it. I mean, he doesn't say a word for just a shot. I think it's perfectly fine. I mean, it's fine. It, it looked he looked unnatural. Well, it's because it was a weird mask. It's weird mask. It just looked unnatural. That's what oh. I'm gonna say. Even for the one minute, he looked good. It looked like a young Tarkin, but it didn't look. I'm totally fine with it just because it's insignificant in its in its amount of time it's to, if Tarkin had if they had that guy in that weird mask playing Tarkin in all of Revenge of the Sith I could see it being a problem but just to have him there so people can be like oh hey it's Tarkin I got no problem with that I mean I don't have a problem right. with it either I just um, don't think it looked good just... And then there's the question of is uh, is it in bad taste to digitally re like, if they decide to go digital with Tarkin, is it in bad taste to digitally recreate an actor that's passed away? Yeah, see, I, I'm, I don't like that. Yeah. I don't like that at all. You know, if he's got an estate and the estate's like, hey, yeah, just give us a couple of bucks for it then. But still, it almost seems a little in bad taste, right? You know? I, the I best way to do it would be into a holographic... That I didn't think about that. Sh- that you could kind of obstruct it with some feedback and some yeah. Maybe the scan the the message isn't coming in quite clear, and you get something that looks huh. a lot like him. And and that allows you to have Tarkin play some sort of a role. It, Use the guy who does the voice from Rebels and just have it in sort of issuing orders to Vader. Or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Vader's reporting into him what's going on. Tarkin's being 
British and condescending, you know. Yep. That could work. That's a good idea, buddy. You should be on we the know, story group. We know it uh it's not gonna happen, but I mean it was it was also a good chance to get Obi Wan in there though too, right? Yeah, I mean I think you'd have to recast. You couldn't use Ewan McGregor. He's too young for that. Yeah, if it's, it's, like I said, I know I keep saying that, especially if it takes place right going into episode four. Granted, you could do some old age makeup on him, and that can go either way. You know, we so, had we've already seen how that worked with Tarkin. Right. I don't need, and bad. I'm not with recast. We got we got our two Obi Wan's. We don't need another one. I don't need no. the bad grandpa version of Obi Wan Kenobi, <laughs> like with his his balls <laughs> hanging out of his robe. <laughs> Going into a convenience store and his balls are hanging out of his robe. Let me show oh, you a larger God. world. <laughs> okay, so, so let me drop this on you guys. Since, since I mean, this is I know we're Rogue One, but and it's this is kind of Rebels. But what about Thrawn? I mean, we hear he's going to be in Rebels coming up. I mean, is it is I, it one hundred percent confirmed that Del Toro was for Episode Eight and not Rogue One? Yes, that when they announced the casting for Episode Eight, they announced. Kelly, Mitch, Kelly Marie Tran, Laura Dern, and Benicio Del Toro for episode eight. So maybe a young Thrawn then. Yeah, I I think it's really going to depend on if that Thrawn thing turns out to be true. When does the thought... What's, what's interesting, season three of Rebels will have started leading into Rogue One. And if Thrawn is part of season three of Rebels, then maybe they could sort of work him in there. Where in the story progression... Is Grand Admiral Thrawn supposedly from originally? Well, we don't really know now that that's not all of that's not canon anymore. Where did he come from in the EU? Uh, the reason he wasn't around during the original trilogy is because he was off doing stuff in the Outer Rim, right? Looking for some lost fleet or something. Right. Nick, am I right about that? Yes. Um. So. You know, they could still sort of use that. So excuse. he's an he's an he's a grand admiral in the time of four, five, and six. May, uh, well, it's actually it's actually post Jedi, but that's that's the point I'm trying to hit on here. Is you know, just because it was post Jedi in the expanded universe, it doesn't necessarily mean that it has to take place there. Couldn't the new story group take that exact same character at that age? And place him in a different time frame? Absolutely. I think that they could do that. Now, no, will I, they do that? I don't know. I think that would be neat. I could get behind that. You know, uh, we don't know who the... I don't think Vader is the main villain. We don't know who the main villain is yet. So, um, it'll be interesting to see. I think that would be a, a way to get a lot of people excited for Rogue One. Is to say, like, look, the main villain's Thrawn. I don't know that it'll happen. Um but I, I think that character is popular enough. He is quite popular that we'll see him show up again in some form. You know, I, I hope so. I, I love I loved him in the books, and I know that's <laughs> that's weird to say because a lot of times uh, stuff from books doesn't translate well to film. But uh, they, I just feel like they have to with that character. Yeah. You know, maybe they'll do him in Rebels, and then that will be our new canon Thrawn, and he'll just exist in the the Rebels universe, which will be considered canon. Um, I don't know how. If oh, so, for example, if Cad Bane shows up in Rogue One, I think that would show a willingness um, from them to adapt animated characters into the live action format. You know, 
Yes, because like you said, the the Cad Bane thing could be excellent too. Yeah. Now, granted, I'm sure Cad Bane once again isn't a main member of the cast. It's just a cameo, nice little Easter egg for super fans to see. But you know, if they go through the process of designing him and you know getting the live action version down, who's to say they won't take that? And it goes over well. Who's to say they won't take that further and give us Thrawn? in some sort of movie. I always thought, and um, Jason Ward has brought this up a few times, that it would be a cool idea for them to do, like, have you guys ever seen those animated Batman movies? They do, like, uh, Return oh, of the... yeah, Mask the Re- of the Phantasm. Well, yeah, I mean the ones that have come out a little more recently, like uh, Behind the Red Hood, and they're doing the Killing Joke and stuff like that. What if they gave us an animated trilogy of movies, um, maybe even straight to video, set in between six and seven you know that'd be incredible i don't, I don't really know like I, I i i cringe when we think anything animated star wars because i look at the backlash that rebels gets and i i just worry that it opens that can of worms where everybody's picking it apart and not taking it for face value for what it is yeah, yeah, I can see the hesitancy in that too, but if it's really good, then those, you know, uh, if they do it right and, and bring us the, the version of Thrawn everybody wants and loves, then it could pay off huge dividends for them too. You know what I mean? Right, right. Yeah. But And it, to, to answer Will's question, I, I had to look it up, I'm not going to lie, because uh, I didn't even know how to pronounce it when I read it, but it the home world he's from is spelled C-S-I-L-L-A. And I have no idea on that pronunciation. Cilla? 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 I can't remember. Well, thanks for looking that up, buddy, because I would have none. I know he's a Chiss. Yes. Um, so, and I think uh, the design of Thrawn and the white suit, the blue face and the red eyes could look really cool on screen. It's just, you know, will they be willing to, to do that? To be fair, Del he's Toro a- looks looks that part, right? I could see him being Thrawn. Um it's just one of those things where... Wait, so he's an alien, right? Yeah, he is. he's a humanoid alien. Humanoid alien, yeah. I mean, he outside, besides the red eyes and the blue skin, you'd think he's human. Yeah. He would be the first alien in the Empire. That See, I, there was actually some data, debate about that recently. That was, once again, one of those EU concepts that some people adopted and some people didn't. Obviously, the First Order has no problems with aliens, right? Like, Snoke, I don't think, is human, right? They said he's like seven feet tall. I don't know. Snoke's not necessarily the First Order, though, right? Isn't he just kind of like... Uh, I mean, I guess that's like, a good question. Well, no, they call him some Supreme Leader, Snoke. So I, I believe that means he's the Supreme Leader of the First Order. Of course, I could be wrong. Um, I don't get the feeling that he's human, but he's so scarred up. He could have been, and he's twisted by the dark side. Well, also, in Rebels, like, none of the Inquisitors are human, and they're part of the Empire, you know? Even the the Seventh Sister, she's not human? Um, I want to say no. I want to say that she might be the same race that uh, Barriss Offee is, maybe. Okay, right. I, yeah. You know, a lot of people thought that might be who she was, but I don't think she is. Um, definitely the Grand Inquisitor wasn't, and the Fifth Brother aren't human. Um, so I think that's one of those sort of EU concepts that they don't really hold to anymore that the, the empire only, well, I wasn't humans. even saying that it was an EU. I was just, that would have been, 
you know, other than Rebels, right. my first experience, you know, with a that is kind of true. Alien in the Empire, because there aren't aliens in the Empire in the canon movie. Not and not even really the First Order outside of Snoke, if you think about it. Snoke's you know kind of behind the scenes. I'm sitting here picking my brain. I can't think of any. And not that I don't any know shot. what's under every single yeah. one of those helmets. You That's know. true. That's I don't, true. I don't know that, but um, this is an assumption. Well, I think that about does it for Star Wars news this week. I guess the only other big thing that's sort of going on is we got uh, Batman vs. Superman finally comes out this mm-hmm. the day this drops, Batman vs. Superman. Are you guys excited about that at all? I am. I can't wait to I see I was it. until today. Yeah, the there has been some mixed reactions online, hasn't there? Yes, the Twitterverse has properly blown up. It's blown up to the point where I'm almost tired of hearing about Batman and Superman. You know what I yes, mean? I, I want to see it to formulate my opinion now. I mean, from what you guys have seen, is it DC fanboys versus Marvel fanboys? No, it's, no, a, lot, it's, it's a lot of it's, DC fanboys saying, oh, it's awesome. It's a lot of just regular people being like, either eh, it was okay or it is not good. Oh, wow. So you Yeah, know, it's, it's a lot of inner inner universe it, i compare it a lot to the rebels stuff that that we see in star wars fandom it's there's there's people that love it and then there was people that hate it and i mean it was those two sides going back and forth all day long yeah i'm excited about it mainly because i'm excited to see ben affleck's batman i love the way his suit looks it, it's got like that dark knight um the return of the dark knight or you know frank miller's dark knight look to it um, and I'm excited to finally see him and Superman on screen together. Um, I like that armor he's got. Yeah, the the armor he puts together. Once again, yeah. a straight up callback to the Dark Knight Returns. One of my younger kids has has the the Batman in the armor, and I got to tell you, it's one of the better put together action figures. I wish the Star Wars toys were put together that well. Dude, I I saw the line of figures the last time I went hunting black figures. And I was like, damn, I've, I kind of want that Ben Affleck Batman. It looks badass. Yeah. I was about to say, I, this is you almost got that for your birthday. Oh, you, yeah? The, I'm stuck on these giant action figures, but they're captivating. They are. They, I mean, they had the Han Solo, the Stormtrooper, the Luke Stormtrooper, but they also had the new uh, the Batman vs. Super stu- Superman stuff was there. Oh, really? And it looked like the guy that played Superman, and it looked like Batfleck, dude. It oh, looked like wow. Ben Affleck in the Batman. I almost yet. got you that. It's a it's a surprise, or it's probably a good thing that you didn't get it because Jesse would have come home late with work, four foot tall, and, and I would have been snuggling in bed with <laughs> Batfleck, like, don't look at me in the eyes. <laughs> and she'd be like, I'm le- I'm packing my bag and I'm leaving now. I- I'm optimistic about it, but you know what? Uh, I've always been more of a Marvel guy than a DC guy. As far as DC goes, I like Batman. There's other characters I do like. I like the Flash. I like uh, the Green Arrow. But I love all the Justice League. Like I grew up yeah. watching old school Justice League on Cartoon Network, like Boomerang or whatever. I'm excited to see Wonder Woman, and I've heard that she's actually a highlight of the movie, which is good. If that is the case, which I believe it probably is, uh, we're going to see an incredible surge of fandom for her and oh, yeah. you know um, it's it's been far overdue for a wonder woman movie like wonder woman had her own show in what the 70s for mm-hmm. years it disappoints me a little bit that they're got they've got doomsday in this only because you know they're not going to kill superman you can't if this is the movie that's spoiler supposed- alert right like they're how are you going to kill superman in the movie that's supposed to start setting up the justice league like, I think Doomsday, like, 
he would almost serve better to be in like maybe this is an s- introduction yeah, maybe they'll send him off somewhere and, and he'll come back and kill what superman is it, the x zone or the yeah whatever whatever that business whatever is. the whatever the phantom zone is superman puts intergalactic criminals in um but yeah I, i'm hopeful about it i'm not gonna lie i'm more excited about civil war civil yes war. me too civil I'm war i'm kind of in amazing. that same camp with you Hawes. i'm well, uh, as far as DC goes, I was always just Batman. But I mean, shout out to CW, like you said. If it wasn't for Arrow and the Flash and uh, Legends of Tomorrow, I I really would have no interest outside of Batman. I think they are doing a disservice to the fandom by not including that guy as Arrow and the kid that plays Flash in the Justice They're League so movie. They're so popular yeah. already, and yes. I understand how they're explaining it that it's the whole DC multiverse. And that version of the Green Arrow and the Flash don't exist in the same, um, you know. It's not that same world. Earth version, Earth 2, Earth 3, or whatever. Terrible excuse. Terrible yeah, excuse. I mean, but it, it it's a terrible excuse, but it also falls in line with the comics. Oh my god, and it lends just, credibility to the Flash in general with all that time travel shit. Really like mm. the kid that plays the Flash and the guy that yes, plays Arrow. So, They're good at, he's a good Flash. And he's a good arrow. You know, yeah, they're just really very good at what they're doing. Yeah, so that just disappoints me a little bit. I, I feel like that's a missed opportunity to use popular characters and then have your TV universe play a bigger role in your... You got a cat hair in your nose? I feel it's itching. Like, oh, you know, that's like... Walter strikes again. Um, what do you guys think about uh, the arrow guy playing Casey Jones in the new Turtles? It's going to be tight. I think that's cool. I'm liking the look of this new Turtles. I think yes. uh, Bebop and Rocksteady. Yeah, I think Bebop and Rocksteady look pretty cool. And I think the new version of the Shredder looks way cooler than fucking Mecha Shredder that we got at the end of Agreed. that new Turtles Agreed. movie. So, uh, once again, another one I'm hopeful about. I wasn't a huge fan of the first one. Is Miss uh, Fox still April O'Neil? Of course. Of course. Um,. I just she's kinda... got a nice little schoolgirl outfit in this no. one too. <laughs> uh oh, uh oh. Um, there were just some weird choices. Like speaking of her having her tied into the origin of the turtles, like yeah, I hated that. I like to it. me, that just seems like a change you make to make a change. It doesn't serve the story. You're just like, I want to change something. Oh, let's make her part of their origin. They're story. sitting around all having lunch on set, and someone's like, Hey, you know what would be really cool mm-hmm. is if uh, April O'Neil saved the turtles in the beginning. Oh my god, that'd be great. Let's shoot that. Let's shoot that tomorrow. Yeah. Was it was it that, or was it more? Uh, you know the the new thing with all the superhero movies and everything is grounding grounding them in reality and all that and trying to make connections. Now, granted, we're talking about mutant turtles, but <laughs> right. I mean, I was about to say, if the, I've got a teenage mutant ninja turtle, you can explain that in a lot of ways. That doesn't have to make April O'Neil responsible for their origin. You know what's funny? Um, originally, I'm. You guys probably already know this, but I like dropping this little bit of knowledge on people. You know, originally the turtles comic was. Uh, written as sort of not an official but sort of a, a sly wink uh spinoff of daredevil the same toxic waste that hit matt Mar- murdoch in the eyes went down into the sewers and created the turtles and the you know same mutagen yes and then matt murdoch's villain are the hand the turtles are the foot the foot so like it was sort of like a uh. 
you know, like just a little wink and a nod to Daredevil. So I thought that was kind of neat. It's never, you know, Turtles was never published by Marvel, so it couldn't be official, but just a neat little thing. A little bit of backstory. Well, like like with uh, Rogue One, that one was rewritten quite a few times. I remember that, the backlash for Shredder was originally going to be that, that Eric Sachs guy, and that might have been... Right, how and, it all got messy, and then there was also the rumors that they were going to be from outer space originally. Remember that, mm-hmm. and then that yep. got changed. Although, didn't the mutagen end up coming from outer space in mm, the new one? Not that I remember. Okay, maybe I'm wrong about that. I mean, you know, I don't. I haven't watched a lot of this stuff. You know, turtles since I I remember turtles that I grew up with backwards and forwards. Right, I remember the turtles movies backwards and forwards, and I mean I've seen this turtles and it just didn't jive. Right. With that. You know, trying to I'm talking about trying to ground them in realism. The other ones were more grounded in realism, like I feel like. I still think Agreed. that first Turtles movie is a fun ass watch. It's great. It's still you know? great. It's a little dated now, but I think the puppet work that the Henson company did on the Turtles is good. Incredible. And, you know, I, I that's that's a movie I can still watch and enjoy to this if day. If you could put that, that, that Master is... Splinter in this Turtles, I would be so much so much better. Like, the story of that Master Splinter and the guy that did the voice, whatever. Mm-hmm. All of it. I'd be so much better off. Yeah. Yeah, I know that the, the fact that they got the guy that plays Monk. Tony Shalhoub, really? <laughs> yeah, to be Master Splinter, really grinds your gears. Johnny Knoxville for Leonardo? Johnny I mean, Knoxville for Leonardo. I, I, they're supposed to be Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and you got a damn near 40 year old, 50 year old Johnny Knoxville with a busted ass hip from doing stunts. <laughs> doing <laughs> to be the fair, voice. he acts like a teenager. And though. I'm supposed I mean, to believe that, is true. that this literal jackass is supposed to be the leader of the Ninja Turtles. Those two things don't vibe with me, man. Yeah. And Tony right. Shalhoub is not a kung fu martial artist. Like, sorry. <laughs> that, He's monk. I'm sorry. Shalhoub and martial arts just don't jive with me. Yeah. Well, um, I know this is a little bit of a shorter appearance for you, buddy, but I think that's going to about do it this week. I'm a little uh, low on time because of my crazy new work schedule. It's understandable. I'll be working. All, I'll be working all, all day, the time, all, all night. I'm He'd pretty sure the division's calling our name, anyways. <laughs> yeah, that's what me and Nick are about to do. I'm surprised <laughs> since you you play, uh, talk to us on your Xbox, you don't play the division while you're talking to us and recording. I try to give you guys my undivided attention. You know, I'd be neat. too busy upgrading. The connect <laughs> follows you around. It's, yeah, it follows Nick. It's like yeah. the whole time. So before we let you go, buddy, how about you? Uh, Pimp your Twitter and your kick-ass blog you started a couple months ago. Yes, yes. Why don't you give that out to our good listeners? That's a good call. My Twitter handle is at VaderNickKS. And the new blog that I started, which only has two articles, but is uh, VaderNickKS.wordpress.com. Yeah, you guys should check that out. Um, he, uh, he's got an article on Rebels, I believe. That was your first one, right? Yes, sir. And then uh, an Attack of the Clones article. The Fed Awakens. And um, and uh, it's good stuff, man. Go on there and support our good buddy. He was nice enough to come on our show, and he's always supporting us. So show him some love back. Um, I appreciate that. You can find us on Twitter, like I said, at Blue Harvest Pod. There's no reason to give this stuff out again. I was going to say that you guys should go and vote for the podcast awards for best intro theme. But the day this comes out. Last day of voting. So if you haven't voted yet and you hear this and you still have time to vote, why don't you go and give us a vote at StarWarsPodcastAwards.com. You can find Will on Twitter. At WillWitten3. That's me. 
And uh, you can uh, buy, if you like our theme song, you can buy it. Five shekels. For five shekels. A whole album worth of kick-ass music from our buddies at Stoned Cobra. And you can get that at stonedcobra.com. And you know the other week when Steve came on and he was like, I was like, oh, what's the new EP going to be called? And he wouldn't tell us. Yeah. Well, they've been putting it all over Facebook, so I figure I might as well be able to break it on here. Their new EP will be coming shortly. They're in the process of recording it. Armed and Hammered. Armed and Hammered. Oh, nice. Nice. From Stoned Cobra. So you guys can look forward to that. But uh, anyway, we'd like to thank them for letting us use one of their songs for our intro theme. An award-nominated intro theme. Award-nominated. But anyway, uh, thanks for listening. And once again, buddy, thanks for coming on. Anytime. And for Blue Harvest, a Star Wars podcast, I'm Halls Burkhart. And I'm Will Witten. And you're Vader Nick, buddy? You want to say that? And I'm Vader Nick. Yes, Hell yes, are. he is. That's fucking right. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with all of you. May the Force be with us. <laughs> <laughs>